Welcome to Ask the Preacher with Pastor Wayne Freed. I was out of jail on bond, facing over 100 years in prison, reaching for a gun to blow my brains out when God stopped me with a vision. I know what it is to be down and out. I know what it is to be up, and up is better. I told the Lord I was going to find out if the Bible was really true, and let me tell you, friend, that it is. The Bible is really true. Ask the Preacher, designed so that you can have your questions answered according to what the Bible says. Well, hello, this is Wayne Freed with Believer's Fellowship. I want to thank George Locke for letting us come in and borrow his Friday here. I have Randy Eplin, a missionary to a, a, a place uh, that makes plates. Um, we, don't, we don't want to mention the name of it, but uh, if you break it, it costs a lot to replace a plate. Can we use the name or not, Randy? Asia. Asia. Asia is the best way to say it. Yeah. It's a big place where they weld the doors shut on people who... Had COVID, didn't. Anyway, let me let me move on. Um, I'm glad to have him back in the states. He's been nine years over there, and before that, he was in uh, Estonia and Latvia and different places. Um, <coughs> he was greatly used here in, in Lakeland. He's the one that helped put together our Bible school. We had a Bible school at Believers Fellowship for 22 years, and uh, Randy put that together. It was called Layman to Leadership in the beginning, and then we changed the name to Faith School of Ministry. Oh, by the way. I'm going to be teaching a class that's very similar to that, starting at Believer's Fellowship on March 3rd, uh, 2024, uh, Sunday night. It'll be for seven or eight weeks on a Sunday night. I'm going to be teaching about the gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to rattle off a couple of things here I want to just tell you. The Bible says there's not too many places that just plainly say this. I don't, I'm not even thinking of another one right now. But he said, concerning, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, if I'm not mistaken. Concerning spiritual gifts, I would not have you ignorant. Can you think of anything the church is more ignorant on than spiritual gifts? And see, we have to know that there's a difference between a gift of the Spirit and personal faith. A person operating in, in, in the gifts of the Spirit can get people healed and delivered and all kinds of miraculous things take place. It's, it's a spiritual gift, and they can do that um, when, when they can't even get direction from God on what to preach on. Or, 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 or what to do, because God leads his children by his spirit. We walk by faith, not by spiritual gifts. Second Corinthians 5, 7. That's a little bit of a paraphrase, but it's true. So you have nine gifts of the spirit, three revelation gifts, three power gifts, and three vocal gifts. The revelation gifts are the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. The power gifts are faith, gifts of healings, and working of miracles. The vocal gifts are tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. I usually would say that in a different order, prophecy. Now, the word of wisdom is revelation in the mind of God concerning the future. Word of knowledge is super uh, revelation. uh, All these are supernatural. Revelation of the past or present. And discerning of spirits is looking into the spirit world, seeing like dreams and visions are all part of that, that gift. Uh, I only said those things uh, just to whet your appetite a little bit. I won't go through all the rest of them. But can you see how interesting they are? And if, if you need to take a course in that, Sunday nights, I, I'm not positive what time it starts. I think it's going to start at 6, but I'm not sure. You could call Believer's Fellowship and find out. 863-858-5668. And, uh, can I share? Um, sure. When I was in Estonia... <coughs> Um, you know, I had a traveling ministry, and I would minister in 
all kinds of different places, different churches, and got invited to to minister in a, a Methodist church in Yuchvi, which is in the eastern part of Estonia. And uh, the Lord put it on my heart to uh, to teach on the gifts. And I had two hours, and the, the pastor, they became very, they were very open to what God's Word has to say. And so I'll never forget this, Pastor Wayne. I preached and shared, uh, and broke down the gifts, much uh, not as eloquently and as succinctly as you just did, but... Uh, I just laid it out, and there was a lady that came up after the service. She had been she had been a Christian for 20 years, been going to that church, and she said, Pastor Randy, she said, tears flowing down her eyes. She said, I never knew. She said, I never knew. And uh, she thanked me and thanked me and thanked me for bringing the Word of God in this area when it says, and I'll just reiterate what you just said that, you know, I wouldn't that you not be ignorant of these <coughs> gifts, mm-hmm. and yet it's the thing that uh, in this lady's in this lady's case, she'd been faithful. She was a leader in the church. She'd been going to that church for twenty years, and she said, "I never, I never knew." Thank you. Now I know, you know, and now I can begin to operate in the gifts that that God's given to 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 edify us, to help build us up in the most holy faith. Well, all the gifts operate. Um like a fingers on a hand, it's very difficult to divide them. Now, they can be divided for the purpose of study, but they overlap. It, it, it's, it's not, I won't say it's unusual, but it's, it, it's not always that you have two or three gifts operating together. It's not always they have just one gift operating together. And when you understand them, you realize how simple it flows. It's God's super on your natural. But one of the things I think is so vitally important, most all Pentecostals, I think, believe in miracles today, but... That's about all they know. They know God heals. They've seen it. But they don't understand that people healed by the gifts of the Spirit usually lose their healing before they get to the car in the parking lot. And that's uh, Matthew 12, 43, 44, and 45. I don't have time to talk about it. But Jesus said, when the Spirit goes out of a man, he comes back. So when, when you're healed, and all, all the people Jesus healed were oppressed of the devil— and that's in Acts 10.38. When you listen to this, this station, it would do you well to have a pencil and paper because I can't go through every scripture. and can't, I, I quote them as much as I can, but I can't do that with every one of them. So if you write them down and go home, I've had, I got missionaries around the world that because they took notes and they would go home after church and spend, and Randy's got his hand there, uh, uh, you know, they would spend a couple of hours maybe going through the sermon. You know, I have to ask you, why do you go to church? Well, there's a lot of reasons. Okay, I'm for that. I agree. There's a lot of reasons. But one of them is to be trained. Oh, my. Did I really? Yes, I did. Okay, I started to say one of them is to learn. But you don't learn if you're not trained. It takes repetition. And this is what I want to mention today, what's on my heart. And we're not going to get through it today. We, I don't know how much we'll get through I'd like to preach on it for a month. But the difference between the gifts of the Spirit and faith is one of them is a gift, and the other one is up to you. You live by faith. You grow by faith. You operate on faith. You call those things which be not as though they were. You, you can get people healed with the gifts of the Spirit and be living in adultery. Yeah, I said that. And I don't have time to explain it. That's why you need to be going to a church that can explain it. They can take time to break it down. The gifts of the Spirit are a gift. And, and, and you can know, and, and there's so many preachers 
today that live in sin because they think that God is, is there's something special because God's using them in a, in a miraculous sign gift ministry. And so they think that God's given them the okay, but they're going to stand before God and they might go to hell. I'm telling you, I got a friend, one of the greatest end time ministries ever. Uh, he prayed for people that didn't have limbs. And I mean, this, uh, but, but this guy said, the Lord told him to become his friend. And these two preachers, he was trying to, he was, his prayer was that he wouldn't go to hell. You think, well, how can that be? Because the gifts of the Spirit are different than a personal walk with God through Jesus Christ by faith. It's a different thing. And, and so that needs to be broken down and discussed. One of the things that I wanted to get to today, and we'll probably have to really get when, when we come back on break, but I've asked Randy to help me because it seems like I can never really get through before I get on a sideline. But Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, that's the first place we're going to go. Then we want to go to Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Randy asked me, now how would you say that uh, if God wants us to grow up, and that's the first thing, that's Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, how would you do that? What would it look like if you were a grown-up mature Christian? And my short answer would be, we would be walking in what Christ redeemed us from. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. And the curse of the law is found in Deuteronomy chapter 28, and it's threefold. It's poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Third John verse 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Strange that he started with prosperity, but we can get to that. It's like a three-legged stool. If any one of those legs is not stable, it, it, it's, what would you call it? It, it won't fall. stand. It won't stand. And That's so right. you, you got to have at least a working knowledge of how to prosper, how to be in health, and how to overcome, not just salvation now. When you're really walking in the knowledge and, and the uh, authority that you have in Jesus, you can avoid the voice in most every case. I'm not going to say every case, but most of it, you can rise above the circumstances of life. That's what I want to get across to you. Now, you're listening to Ask the Preacher. I was going to give the number. Okay. 863-682-1430. And we'll be right back right after these words. You're listening to Ask the Preacher, a question-and-answer talk show with Pastor Wayne Freed of Believer's Fellowship Word of Faith Church. Welcome back, and this is Wayne Freed with Randy Eplin, our missionary to a lost and dying world, and he means it too. Um, I'm going to ask Randy to read Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. But now let me tell you where we're going here. When he, when he starts about the, uh, about the end of the fourth verse or so, he talks about Christ descended before he ascended. When he came off the cross, he went to hell in your place and mine, and I'm not going to go into that part. I'm just simply going to say, it goes on to say, when he arose, he gave gifts unto men, and then it lists them, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. These are the gifts he gave unto men. He loves us, and he gave us shepherds, and they're different styles. The, the church needs all five of these. And so they are to train the church. You're going to re he's going to read this to you, but I want you to be seeing this now. They are to train the church. That's you and me. If you've been born again, he's speaking to you. 
They are to train the church to do the works of Jesus. Jesus said in John 14, 12, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Okay, so he wants to train us to do what he did. All the miracles Jesus wrought, he wrought by the power of the Holy Spirit. He said in John 5, 19, and in verse 30, 530, both places, he can't do anything of himself. He said in John 15, 2, you can't do anything of yourselves. See, everything is dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 16, 7, it's imperative or it is absolutely essential for you that I go away. Because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit won't come. But if I go, I'll send him unto you. What's he saying? He's saying you're in better condition for me to leave and you to be filled with the Holy Spirit than you are for me to stay and talk to you face to face. Think about that now. That's John 16, 7. Think about that. Think about that. If Jesus could do it, you can do it because he didn't do it of himself. He didn't do it because he was the Son of God. He did it because the Holy Spirit directed him. And the Holy Spirit directs you. If you've been born again, if you're having trouble picking up the lead and get filled with the Holy Ghost, that'll help you. Okay. And then in the 16th verse, now first, before we get to the 16th verse of the fourth chapter of Ephesians, he talks about don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. And then he goes on to say, if you'll get into the church. If you get into the church, there'll be people there, family, people that love you to keep you from going astray. Okay, Brother Andy? Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 11, and it, and it reads, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers, verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Yes. Verse 13, Till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. In verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. Thank you, Randy. Now, now that was Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And um, 11 and 12 talk about the fivefold ministry gifts, evangelist, uh, uh, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And then he says, till we all come in the unity of the faith, persecution will help bring us into the unity of the faith, and we're just about to be blessed with so much persecution, you'll think you went to hell. However, if you walk into spirit, you won't be in hell. You will be a little heaven, a little light, a little salt to a lost and dying world. The power of the Holy Spirit, as many as are led by the the, the son, uh, the, by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Romans 4, 14. I'm sorry, Romans 8. 14. <laughs> 8, 14. Um, when we begin to walk in the Spirit and we recognize who we are and how important we are to God and to the kingdom and to this lost and dying world, you're the only Bible some people will ever read. And if you would just act on the Word. Did you know faith is acting on the Word? Isn't that simple? You say, well, I just don't have the faith. That's the devil telling you that. 
Now, however, if it's true, then you need to get into the Word because faith comes by the Word. But if you just act on the Word, you say, what do you mean? Well, I'll tell you what I mean. In, in Mark 16, 15, he said, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth is baptized to be saved. He that believeth not will be damned. And these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils. Did you know? I remember the story of a little old girl. She was about four years old. And the mother said, uh, she had a terrible headache, the mother did. And the little girl said, I'll pray for you. And the mother said, oh, that's sweet, honey. She said, anything less than some all can do, I can do. She'd been sitting under his ministry. And she said, my little old four-year-old walked over and put her hand on me and said, devil, come out. And she said, you know what? It did. It did. Headache left immediately. Folks, just put your hands on sick people and pray. Don't, don't, don't talk to God about it. Uh, talk to the devil. That's the time you get to talk to the devil. Speak to the mountain. Say, you foul spirit of sickness, you foul spirit of infirmity, you dirty devil, you come out in Jesus' name. You don't need to say, oh, God. Oh, God. What's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? Haven't you read the Bible? Didn't you find out that Jesus gave the power of attorney? It's, it's the last three verses or so of Matthew, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. He gave you power of attorney to use his name. In, in Luke um, 10, 19, Jesus said, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Bless God, grow up. Listen, verse 13 of the fourth chapter of Ephesians says, till we all come in the unity of the faith under the measure, under the knowledge of the Son of God, that means full exact knowledge, under the perfect man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He wants us to not be an acorn, but to be an oak tree. He wants us to grow up. It's okay to be a baby when you're a real baby, but there's something wrong when you got to part the gray whiskers to get the nipple in your mouth. There, he wants you to grow up. Well, how do you do that? By acting on the Word. First, you eat the Word. Jesus said in Matthew 4.4 4 and Luke 4.4, 4, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You live by the Word. People, this thing about going to church once a week, that's a joke. You need to go to church every day. Now, I guess go to church on Sunday. Go to church on Wednesday. Go to church on every time you can. We got something happening in Believer's Fellowship all the time. My son wears me out. I'm retired. I don't work here anymore. But I'm just visiting, it's, it's, it can be tiring. So if you need something to do, you just need to go to an active church because they're doing something all the time. There's so many hurting people. They need you. We need you. I need you. You know, Pastor Wayne, the early church, you know, and you look at church history, they went to church every day. Uh, there's records, that reports that show that it was a daily occurrence. Right? Once you gave your heart to the Lord and you became a Christ follower, you went to church every day. And I think we're time for a break. I'm going to give it back to you. But, uh, yeah, we got to keep talking about this. Randy, it is such a blessing to have you with us. I just love you so much. He's, he's like a son to me. Uh, okay, you're listening to Ask the Preacher, and we'll be right back right after these words. Yeah. Welcome back 
to Ask the Preacher, a question and answer talk show with Pastor Wayne Freed of Believers Fellowship Word of Faith Church. Well, hello, this is Wayne Freed. We've got Randy Eplin here in the studio with us, seasoned minister of the gospel. Did you know, um, <clears throat> I know this in television, but Randy's a good looking guy. I know he put some age on him, but um, he's still a good looking guy. <laughs> And the reason that I, I, I guess I brought that up is because I thought, man, this is what America needs. You know, we had pictures on like TV, friends on TV and different things that were really just about nothing. But you, you get some good looking people and all and they can relate to others and all. And Randy was teaching high school here in Lakeland and he asked himself one day, what am I doing that's eternal? And boy, his whole life changed. He went on a mission field and, you know, now... Um, uh, it's okay to give your age, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you're 60? 62. So he's in, I'm 75, okay? So we are reaching the last leg of our lives kind of thing, okay? That's what I'm trying to say. We're at the place where we are so glad we chose Jesus, that we answered the call. Instead of spending our whole lives on frivolous stuff it's all going to burn, like Mark Lay said yeah, so many years ago. He was assistant pastor, youth pastor for with Randy Applin. Randy was a youth pastor. And he, he told me one time, I've never forgotten it, everything's going to burn except for your relationship with God and your relationship with people. I had a little plaque made. I used to see it all the time when I was a young Christian and even before I was a Christian. But I went down to Beaumont Trophy Shop and had this little plaque made. It says, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And I look back over my life, and I can remember sins I committed, which I hope you can't. I hope you put them under the blood and forgotten about them. But there's so many things. I deal with so many people with so many problems that it triggers things in my life that I'm so ashamed of. But God forgave me. He forgave me and washed me clean by the blood of Jesus, and, 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 and I'm free. I'm free from that. But the evidence of freedom is to help somebody else. You know, if you're really free, you don't just sit on it. You know, you help other people get free. So, you know, Pastor Wayne, we've been talking about the church, you know, in this uh, broadcast and, you know, about uh, about people getting a revelation of the church to the point where they actually go, where they actually participate with God's instrument that's designed to actually change our lives, to help us to grow up as we've looked at Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 16 and, you know, and I'm reminded of the scripture in Hebrews 10, uh, 25. It says, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. And, you know, there's so many people that I have in my life and they don't go to church. They respect me and they respect what I'm what I'm doing, you know, but they don't go to church. And what's interesting about it is, you know, they I think deep down they know they should. They know what they should do. But they don't. And I want to share a scripture that's kind of new to me that I shared with you earlier before we were talking, uh, when we were talking earlier in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3. And I'd like to read it because mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I'm, I'm just believing God that, the, that those of you that are listening, that you catch this and that you act on it. Because it says, but I, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. You know, there is a simplicity in Christ that when we get born again and then we we look at the scripture and we do it. 
we do what the Bible says, and then we reap the positive benefit of that. And, you know, one of the things that I, <laughs> it's, it's been my passion uh, all these years, is I want people to be in church. I want people to, I want people to fall in love with the church like I have. Uh, uh, that, that, and and here's, here's one of the things that happened with me, with me that helped me, uh, that gave me a revelation of the church. Um, I used to think that the church was man's idea. I really did. I thought it was, I thought it was the government's way to control our thinking and to keep us all in line. And uh, I had a very negative view of the church growing up, you know, and uh, then, then when, I, when, I looked, when I looked and I saw there in, uh, I think it's in Matthew, 16, uh, chapter 16, 17. Yep, in verse 17, where, the, where this, the, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then it just dawned on me. I got revelation mm-hmm. that church is God's idea. And, you know, so many people are suffering. So many people have problems. They have difficulties. And they live life depressed and with anxiety. And, um, yeah, church is the answer to that. It's not too simplistic. It's simple but not simplistic because the Bible says for us to go, and it's this, the simplicity that is in Christ that hopefully we'll, you'll catch and you'll, uh, that church you're driving by when you're driving down, driving through Lakeland, Tampa, wherever you're listening, that, that the Holy Spirit's leading you to go to. Why don't you yield to that and go and watch what God's, God does in your life? Watch what God does uh, for, the, for your journey, for, the, for, for your future. Yeah, you know, an interesting thing. Amen, Randy. Amen. <coughs> I'm back in Ephesians 4, 13, 14, 15, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Well, we know we got the fivefold ministry gifts un- un- until that happens. And and right on, in verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children. Don't be a kid anymore. Grow up, Okay. And then he says, tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and, the cunning, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Did you know there are people lying and wait to deceive you? There are people, they're not out in the bars, they're out in the churches. And they're telling you that God doesn't do that anymore. That all passed away with the last apostle. But I told you last segment that Jesus didn't do the miracles because he was the son of God. Jesus didn't heal miracles when he was, he was just as much a son of God when, when he was 10 years old as he was when he was 30 years old. But see, he never worked a miracle until he was baptized in the River Jordan by John the Baptist, and the Holy Spirit came upon him. And then he turned the water into wine, second chapter of John. The first miracle was, was after he got filled with the Holy Spirit. All the miracles took place by the Holy Spirit. So you have the Holy Spirit, and you can do that too. Um. In, in verse 15, it says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him into all things, which is the head, even Christ. He, there's several places in the New Testament. Uh, I just don't, I'm trying to rush along because I have some place I want to go here. I, I, I'm, but he said, um, he's the head of his body, the church. You see, everything God's doing in the world today is doing through his body, the church. Now, you have to understand that the building is not the church. The, the people are the church. Jesus said, you must be born again. Except a man be converted and become his little children, he'll in no case enter into the kingdom of God. We're not talking about a building. Maybe you've been hurt by the church. Okay, well then the devil's all on the job, you know. Uh, Jesus chose 12 disciples and one of them was the devil. Uh, the devil goes to church. 
but so does God. And God established the church, and you need to be in the church. Now, now you know, Randy was reading, so I, I, this is really important to me, because I have been drawn back to Hebrews chapter 10 recently. And Randy started with, with verse 23 that says, Let's hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, for he that's faithful that promised. <coughs> Excuse me, my goodness. And he let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. We're supposed to provoke people to do the good, to stay stirred up, and then not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Four. 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 Verse 26. Four. 23, 24, 25, 26, all the way down through 31. It's all one passage. Verse 25 says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Verse 26 says, For if we sin willfully, after that we've received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. If Jesus isn't enough for your sins, there is no payment big enough. He is telling you, you need to stay together. You need to encourage one another. There are people out there to deceive you. Paul said, right after he leaves, he said, I'm in the 20th chapter of Acts, he said, I'm going to be leaving you, and when I do, ravenous world wolves are going to enter in. Um, the Bible teaches a whole lot about deception. The number one thing about the end times is deception. <clears throat> so he said, if we sin willfully, after we've received the knowledge of the truth, well, that sounds like Christians to me. If uh, The whole thing's written to, to Christians. The whole book of Hebrews is written to the backslider, telling you don't backslide. Get, get on board and stay on board. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a matter of such. Some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully, after that we've received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment, suppose ye, shall he be thought worthy, who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he was sanctified? an unholy thing, and it done despite under the spirit of grace. For we know him that saith, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. He said again, the Lord shall judge his people. I, I, I want you to know that the last three verses of Ecclesiastes talked about here the whole conclusion of the whole matter. God's going to bring everything into judgment. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 36, I think it is, 37, uh, we're going to give account of every idle word. By your words, you'll be justified. King, the Amplified says, by thy words, thou shalt be justified and acquitted, and by thy words, thou shalt be condemned and sentenced. It's all about giving account. And you and I are going to give account. Get into church. If you're not going to a good church, if you're not going to a church that preaches the word, then find one that does. Listen, you should come to Believer's Fellowship if you don't have a church home. And you need to get in there. We're going we're gonna, to, Lord willing, when we come back, we're going to talk about Galatians 3.13, redeemed from the curse of the law. That's how you grow up in Jesus. You start doing the works that Jesus did. You start practicing, being led by the Holy Spirit. You're listening to, act, I'm sorry, you're listening to Ask the Preacher. And we'll be right back right after these words. You're listening to Ask the Preacher, a question-and-answer talk show with Pastor Wayne Freed of Believer's Fellowship Word of Faith Church. Welcome back. This is Wayne Freed. got Randy Eflin 
here with me in the studio today. And we've been talking about Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 and how God wants you to grow up, me to grow He wants the church to grow up. And he gave the fivefold ministry gifts, verses 11 and 12, Ephesians 4, uh, to help that take place. And uh, we were talking about it the other day, and then Randy said, well, what would that look like? I mean, if you grew up, well, it would look like Jesus, right? right. He, he's our example. Um, Romans eight twenty nine says, whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he may be the firstborn among many brethren. He's, he's the, what do you call that? The, the, the first one, and then everything's made after that? There, there's a template. I think that's what it's called. It's a template. Jesus is what we're supposed to be like. And so all you have to do is what he said. It's not complicated. You don't have to figure it out. Just obey. Somebody says, yeah, well, it doesn't make sense. Well, see, that's the whole thing. If it made sense, uh, it wouldn't be by faith. It'd be by knowledge. Yeah, we have to, you know, in, in the end, when it all boils down to it, we have to trust him. You know, when I look at what God's done in my life, it it really is mind blowing for me. I uh, I have far surpassed anything that I ever thought I would do in my own life and my own strength. You know, and uh, you know, first when we first get saved, we we uh, we we take on the word. We begin to obey what the word of God says, as you're sharing, Pastor Wayne. And then, you know, something happens, and God leads us and and guides us led me all over the world you know seen things and done things that i it's like in in a lot in a lot of ways i feel like i've lived a charmed life you know and I, that i never thought i would i just never never thought i could ever do ever you know and and that i think that's the um, that's the explosiveness if i can use that word that's the amazing part of living a life in christ that it's it's just uh it's an over-the-top experience, but see what's interesting is that when you're when you're in the here and now, and you're when you're starting, and you're believing God, and you're getting the Word of God on the inside of you, it's like, you know, there's a part. At least there for me, there was a part of me that was like, "Is this really gonna work? You know, is it really as good as as Pastor Wayne says it's gonna be? Because you've been my pastor for over forty years, you know, and uh, I can honestly say the answer to that is yes." And not not only is it good, it's it's it it far it far exceeds uh, whatever any expectation that I've ever had, and I, I look forward uh, to the future for that to continue in we, my life. You know, I, you know, I want people to to realize that there's a big difference between religion and relationship. Now, you're very educated; you have a doctorate. Um, you know, just might also say that I have a doctorate too now. <laughs> they, Okay, that when they gave me that doctrine, they asked my wife, "What's wrong with Pastor Wayne? He didn't act like he understood what was going on." No, and and I want to say I don't want to say I didn't care. It's just that, you know, that's that doesn't save people. Doctor, I'm not against knowledge. Don't misunderstand me. Not at all. I'm a big believer in knowledge, but it's more than that. It's relationship. It's relationship. You know, the scripture says in First Corinthians fifteen thirty three, "Be not deceived." Evil communications corrupt good manners. You can try to argue it. You can try to justify it. You can probably say, well, no, yeah, but you just don't know. No, Jesus said, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit said to the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, evil communications. The people you're talking to, the people you're hanging, uh, a paraphrase of that would be you become like your friends. 
It's, that's just the way. I talked to a missionary. Uh, I, I got missionary people around the world. And, and this, this young boy, he was like going to come back to America and go to school. Matter of fact, a lady from our church paid his way to Bible college. Isn't that cool? But when he was about to come back, I said, now let me share this with you. He was in Costa Rica. I said, when you come back, you get, oh, he'd never been in, I mean, he visited, but, you know, he, he was raised in Costa Rica. <coughs> and I said, when you come back and you go to the Bible college, you look around and you pick out who you want to be like because you're going to become like those you hang around with. The truth of the matter is it's lonely at the top. If you're going to walk with God, you're going to pretty well walk alone. I didn't tell him all that, but I did tell him that you're going to become like those you hang around with. And so if you're hanging around with people who are just having a big party time, they're out of high school now and they're here in college and they want to sow their wild oats, well, you're going to waste four years of your Christian life when you could be developing your character and really growing in God. So it's all about relationship. And, and I'm real leery of any higher education right now. Uh, I have been for many years now. But I, I would like to say the Holy Spirit is the guide. He's your guide, your helper, and your teacher. And he is the best teacher you will ever have. I had a couple not long ago came to me, been married for 27 years or more, and they're divided right now. And, uh, and they have ministries, both of them. Reaching a lot of people. But their marriage is on the rocks. So my wife and I sat down and we had a meal at our home and we discussed it. And I said to them, what can I tell you that you don't already know? I led them to the Lord. You know, 30 some odd years, 40 maybe. Uh, anyway, I, what can I tell you you don't know? They came up in the church, you know, our church, good church. And uh, have a lot of knowledge. They have the experience. They married people. They buried people. That, you know, these, these are men and women of God. What can I tell you that you don't already know? I said, here's what I'm going to tell you. The greatest teacher of the church is the Holy Spirit. And the number one thing he will probably say to you is shut up. Because if we would watch our mouth, it would cut the divorce rate for Christians probably at least in half. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. God bless you.